good morning. Um, it's morning where I am. Anyway, uh, don't know if it's morning where you are. Don't know if it's morning when you are. Uh, but it's morning when I am. So that's why I chose to address uh, you as good morning. Um, despite the fact that you may not be currently experiencing morning. Hope you can understand, uh, you know, this confusion. And, you know, moving forward, we will seek to alleviate it. How you guys doing? Good? Good! Good! Yeah, PH5 is uh, what we're here uh, talking about today. Um, yeah, so if you think about it, we are now halfway through the third season of this ridiculous show. Still going on about this shit, I guess, huh? And, you know, if I'm being honest, this was actually a, a struggle this month. Um, this is one of the weakest... The weakest months in the history of PH5 in terms of new music releases. Um, I really kind of had to scour to find things that I wanted to talk about uh, and it's funny because I remember last month last month's episode I recorded it like the first day of June and there's all these like interesting things coming out and I was like damn June's gonna be crazy to talk about um no uh so I I do apologize because I had to kind of I had to get fairly niche with a lot of these selections just because uh in terms of more broad appeal type things, there just wasn't that much. So I had to really dig deep this month. But you know what? We'll have fun anyway, right? Because we always just have fun anyway. Uh, yeah. So uh, why don't we? Why don't we go ahead and do it then? You know, I've got my tea here. So I'm bringing a tea because I've already had two coffees this morning. Um, I'm excited. Decided to dig in. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's just do it. But first, I want to just do a quick little thing. Um, rest in peace to Rick Froberg of Drive Like Jehu fame, like um, Hot Snakes, Obits. This guy was one of the best punk dudes ever. Made some truly incredible music. Uh, Drive Like Jehu, easily one of the most, uh, inspirational bands to be out there. So, you know, um, it sucks. He was only 55. That's way too young. Uh, I'm sure he had much more great tunes ready to go. Uh, I mean, Hot Snakes was still kicking pretty hard. So, I don't know. Um, that sucks. Really sucks. Don't want to dwell on it today, though, because uh, we have all this other shit to dwell on. Uh, shit here being new music releases for June. So let's get into it. Thank you, as always, for joining. This is your host, Phil May. PH5. Let's get her done. Okay. So, coming in at number five for the month is Blossom by Pupil Slicer. Love the name. Really love the name. 
Um, in fact, I might actually love the name of the band more than their music at this point. Which seems kind of mean. Let me try to explain. So the first Pupil Slicer record came out in 2021. Uh, and it was one of my album of the months for uh, the first ever season of PH5. I loved it. It was a great slice of chaotic math core. Um, and then it just kind of fell off my radar as the year went on. Other things kind of took over, and it didn't even um, end up making my year-end list. Wow. Very controversial. Controversial. <laughs> uh, regardless, I was very excited to hear about this new record, and to hear that they were kind of taking a bit of a new approach. Looking to bring in a lot more different genres and influences. Um, bringing in some shoegaze and some electronic pop and all these kinds of things. Now, despite all that, uh, the record still sounds very much like Pupil Slicer. I think they kind of overhyped the new genre influences and whatnot on the record because, honestly, it doesn't sound that much different than the first one. Um, it's a great record. I don't know if it's an amazing record. In fact, I don't even know if it's a great record. I'd say it's a pretty good record. Um, the problem is that if you're going to try and bring in all these other things, uh, you could, I mean, again, it just, it doesn't really sound that, like, it doesn't really sound that much different than the last one. Sure, there are some more melodic sections and, you know, some, you know, electronic textures, but, like, it is kind of a more of the same situation. Now, luckily, the same here is a good thing. Um, you know, mathcore is just a great genre that uh, I love to hear. But to kind of say that this was going to be a huge leap forward for the band, um, it's just not. That's just not the case. Nothing wrong with that, but it's just not the case. So I kind of feel not disappointed, but yeah, no, I feel disappointed a little bit, you know? Because, like, the promise of this, like, ooh, this, like, mathcore record that brings in, you know, like, electronic pop influences, that sounds kind of cool. And not in exactly something that hasn't been done before. Um, like, uh, like, Ithaca kind of did a little something like that on their release from last year. Uh, Rolo Tomasi has done that a few times now. So it's not like there's no precedent. There's not like... There's not like... It hasn't been proven that it can't be done. You know, it can be done. Um, I just don't think they quite nailed it here. But it's still a good record. And again, I want to make it clear, it's still on my top five of the month. Now, is that a testament to how weak this month was? Or to the fact that this is still a great record? I don't know. But uh, that's where it lands. And that's kind of how it's going to go. So, coming in at number 5 for the month of June 2023, we have Blossom by Pupil Slicer. Ching! Um, by the way, in case it wasn't clear, that was the sound of a pupil getting sliced. A similar sound to like a short, short, a short being unsheathed. So, moving right along. Coming in at number 4, we have the record The Whaler by Home Is Where. 
So, home is rare. <laughs> home is rare. Facts. Home is rare is a is an emo band, straight up. I mean, they they incorporate different types of emo, but it's they're an emo band. That's that's just what it is. Um, this is their sophomore release. Uh, the first record, I Became Birds, kind of made some big waves on the, what is it, fourth wave of emo that we're on now, scene. Um, and, you know, pretty anticipated follow-up this one in kind of the sphere, the emo sphere, the sphemo. Um, and they're an interesting band because they offer a really kind of interesting, unique perspective. Uh, they have two... Uh, members of the trans community in the band. Uh, so not one, but two trans voices here uh, offering their perspective on the world and kind of the hardships that come um, with being alive in the world and specifically, you know, existing in the world uh, as a trans person. So the record brings in, again, kind of all sorts of email, email, email. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if they ever, well, I mean, they've made it. Oh my god. I just, okay, hold on. We'll come back to the record, but I just came, I just thought of a good bit. Alright. The Postal Service, they should have called their genre email. Because <laughs> it's like electronic, like electronic emo. Um, and I mean, their name's literally the Postal Service, the mail. Email. What genre is the Postal Service? Email. <laughs> oh. I wonder if anyone's ever made that joke. It's a good one. Anyway, uh, Home is Where does not incorporate electronic emo. So email is, is not an appropriate subgenre in this instance. But uh, everything else is here. You know, we've got your Midwestern kind of twinkly noodling. You got your scrams and kind of heavy screamo parts. Uh, you've got your like shouty vocal parts. It's all there, you know. And you know, the, apparently this record's about like um, coming to terms with the fact that everything sucks or something like this. <laughs> Yeesh. I mean, you gotta accept it eventually, though. So I, I respect that. But uh, it, it's a cool record. Um, Again, I'd say it's another one of those very good, maybe not great records. Um, I feel like a lot of people were thinking that this would be kind of a little bit more than what it ended up being. I kind of got like, oh, we're looking at a magnum opus type situation coming up here. Don't know if that necessarily ended up being the case, but it still ends up being a really strong record. A really, really strong record. Um... And certainly one that uh, is keeping the movement alive. You know, the whichever wave of emo that we're on now, this is another great kind of touch point in, in the rolling forward of the genre, keeping it going, keeping it fresh, keeping it alive. Uh, I, they had this split with Record Setter that came out last year, I think, that focused more on their screamo hardcore sound and I actually thought that one was even in that tight little four song EP kind of a little bit more interesting than this could just be my 
you know, predisposition towards heavier, more chaotic things. Uh, I mean, look at my damn ex-wife. Hmm. Bad joke. Hmm. Need to have a sip of tea after that one. Um. But you know what? Still a solid record. And you know what? In a month where there really wasn't that much exciting going on in terms of new music, there's nothing wrong with solid. Solid's good. Solid isn't weak. Solid has a good foundation. Solid is strong. So, great record. Shouts out. Um, that's number four. Number four, The Whaler by Home Is Where. Okay, moving on to number three, and we're really kind of plowing through today here, aren't we? We're not even at 15 minutes, I'm already at number three. We might end up with a shorter episode this time around, folks, but I'm fine with that. You know, I've been in 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 new, in, in, in a dating, in uh, weighing you guys down with uh, some long-ass episodes lately, so... Uh, Short and sweet. You know it's summertime, you don't want to be fucking sitting inside listening to a podcast. You want to be outdoors playing frisbee and eating freezies. So, we're just going to keep going. Make this one nice and short and sweet this uh, this month. So you can go and get back to swimming in pools. So, coming in at number three, you have the record Last by Loma Prida. And this, again, this is kind of what I was talking about when I, you know, kind of set this episode up for you guys. Like, I, I, it's a pretty esoteric episode this month. I'm not, like, really touching on a wide variety of genres. I'm sticking mainly in my wheelhouse because I honestly think that, you know, heavier music was kind of the only place where anything was interesting was happening this month. So, it is what it is. You know, maybe I'll talk about some fucking R&B and shit next month, we'll see, but for now, this is kind of what you're getting, um, sorry, so, Loma Prida is, uh, a, I, I can go so far as to say, like, a pretty straight-up screamo band, uh, they really came onto the scene in a hot way with, uh, their record 4, or IV, however you want to call it, I'm assuming it's 4, you know? Although I don't know how many other records they have, so maybe the, the, the math doesn't make sense there. But this was back in like 2012 or 2013, and it, it in, in a lot of ways, it almost kind of like revitalized interest in the Screamo scene because it was such an impactful record. Extremely dense and claustrophobic and noisy and grating and almost toxic sounding. Um, it just hit hard in a way that a lot of records hadn't in a while. Um, and they followed up that record with another one a few years later that kind of took a completely different approach, focusing more on their melodic side, etc, etc. We've all seen this before. It was okay, not nearly as good as 4, but uh, obviously, you know, whether it was something or something else, it kind of hiccuped their plan. Or, I don't know what, what I don't... What I'm trying to say is, they kind of slowed down after that. And this is actually the first record in eight years. 
So that last one came out in 2015, and now here we are in 2023, eight years later. And it's interesting because um, the uh, the main guy in Loma Prita is also involved in Jerome's Dream, who also just released uh, a record after being dormant for a very long time. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm starting to think that something really fucked up happened to this guy recently, because all of a sudden he was like, oh, I gotta start making Screamo again. <laughs> like, I, I gotta do something, you know? Anyway, I'm glad he's back. Wish I knew his name, because I sound like a jackass right now. Um, and this record definitely, I'd say, doesn't quite have the impact of the Jerome Stream record. That's a really, really special album. Um, I think I'll be listening to all year and many years to come. But uh, this latest Loma Prita is, is, is still quite good. It's, in fact, you know, these past few records I've been saying, are they pretty good or are they great? And I've been leaning towards pretty good. I'd go so far as to say that this is a great record. It's, um, it's impactful in the way that it kind of incorporates new sounds and uh, kind of bulkier, beefier song structures um, into the mix. So you get your standard, you know, hard-hitting, fast-paced, screamo, um, you know, very caustic hardcore songs. But even within those songs, he has some interesting instrumentation. Like, there's a lot of piano heavily featured here. Um, you can tell that they wanted to make something that harkens back to their heavy days, but they didn't want to just do a retread of four. Um, it's like, how else can we be heavy? How else can we make this kind of, you know, impactful, meaningful, emotionally devastating music um, without doing a complete retread. And for the most part, it really works. You know, it's an interesting take on the genre. Again, not necessarily one that hasn't been done before. But they make it sound fresh. They make it sound good. The record is kind of backloaded with more epic songs that bring in um, almost like post-rock and uh, almost almost more of like a more mainstream um, sound but it's only it only serves to make the songs better it's not an attempt to be catchier per se or to you know you know kind of interest the more mainstream crowd it's these passages are just means to an end just ways to make their epic songs even more epic so, yeah, uh, second half of the record is definitely, uh, I'd say, a lot more interesting than the first half. Um, first half, again, is great, kind of filled with uh, that energy and vitriol that is commonly associated with the genre. And then the second half is when they start to kind of experiment a little more and kind of tinker with the sound. Um, and it's cool. It's really great. Is it a genre benchmark? Uh, I don't know about that, but uh, it's the sound of a band coming back to what they do best after eight years and nailing it after that much time away, which is impressive and hard to do. Um, yeah, so I'm glad they're back. Hope I get to see them live. I'm sure my ears won't recover from that, but whatever, who needs them? Coming in at number three for June 2023, we have 
Last by Loma Prieta. Alright, so at this time I'd like to uh, talk about the mentions. These are the mentions. So I forget the way I do this every time. I guess that's what happens when you only record something like this once a month. Um, you kind of forget what the fuck you're doing. So, I'm going to start this time with the honorable mention, because the dishonorable mention... Yeah. <laughs> Let's start with the honorable mention. So, honorable mention for the month is... It All Returns to Nothing by Burner. So, Burner is another UK-based mathcore band, much in the similar vein as Pupil Slicer. Um, and these guys kind of have an affinity for one another, kind of coming from the same scene. Um, they make music that, you know, sounds pretty similar too, to be honest. But, you know, I feel like Pupil Slicer is kind of like one or two stages ahead in their career. Like, this record to me sounds like the first Pupil Slicer record, Mirrors. Um, it doesn't have as much of that experimentation with other genres that the latest Pupil Slicer has. Um, this one is just kind of more straight-up mathcore. But what I really like about this record is um, it's done really well, it's done really effectively, and like, maybe it's too soon to say this and too early to make such a grand, bold statement like this, but I think this band might actually have a little tiny bit more potential than Pupil Slicer does. I just feel like the songs here are just a little bit more interesting and a little bit more effectively done than um, anything that we've heard from Pupil Slicer so far. So I think this is a band to keep an eye on. For sure. Again, it's a... As of right now, it's just like a very solid mathcore record. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing too special quite yet. But uh, I, I just... I hear a lot of interesting... Um, interesting ideas and, and, and hints of a very interesting future for this band. So I'm excited to see what comes next for Burner. It's a solid first offering. Enough to kind of get people's attention, get people intrigued, perk up some ears. Um, and my ears are perked for these guys. I'm feeling perky for Burner, is how I'd put it. So the honorable mention for June 2023 is It All Returns to Nothing by Burner. Okay. So, the mention, just the normal mention, um, I had already alluded to the fact that, uh, when the first of the month came around and, uh, I was recording this episode and I'd already kind of listened to a few, a uh, few records that had come out, um, I was like, oh, I can't wait to talk about this because I had already listened to something very interesting and intriguing. This is actually the record I was referring to. So, here we go. The mention for the month is 
Life is but a dream by Avenged Sevenfold. Ugh. It, it kind of weirds me out that I'm even saying that name right now. Like, this is a band that was huge when I was in high school. Um, for making just like the cheesiest kind of thrash ripoff you can imagine and all the like to me you know poser metal kids uh, love this band because they're again it's just like like they have a song with good charlotte for fuck's sakes like this should give you an indication of what kind of quote-unquote metal this band was making yeah i'm being a hater right now i don't fucking care um so I just I never had this band on my radar. I just kind of rolled my eyes whenever they were mentioned. Um, just not something that was in any way of interest to me. I haven't keeping touch. I didn't even really realize that they were still making music. But this album came out, and I saw a lot of really interesting reviews for it. Again, I wouldn't even be bothering to read these reviews if the kind of headlines or you know, these leads into the reviews didn't start by saying some interesting shit. And it, from what it sounded like, this was a big departure from their sound, and they're embracing some really unexpected elements. So like, okay, let's check it out. And lo and behold, I never thought I would ever see the day, but Avenged Sevenfold have made basically a Faith No More ripoff album. And for those of you who don't know Faith No More, this is, was one of my all-time favorite bands for all of my teens, early 20s, um, kind of like a late 80s, early 90s alt-metal band fronted by the one and only Mike Patton, who's been in a billion other projects and was for a very long time my all-time favorite artist. I've talked about Mike Patton um, in this podcast before, the really shitty Tomahawk album that came out a year or two ago. Um, point being, Faith No More is a big deal to me, and a big deal to a lot of other bands. They've influenced, you know, arguably, new metal itself is, uh, kind of exists because of Faith No More. Um, System of a Down, like, any kind of weird metal band you can think of, Faith No More is kind of the reason they're there. So... When I heard, or read, per se, that this record sounded like that, I immediately had to check it out. I was obviously expecting it to be like a half-ass attempt at it, kind of a joke. Just like, wow, nice try, but this is awful. But I was pretty surprised to actually kind of enjoy it. They kind of did a good job with the sound. Um... It's not a record I've gone to a lot because it's it's still kind of corny and cheesy and the vocals at times are just brutal. Um, but I really admire kind of the band taking a completely fresh perspective on their sound and what kind of modern rock is because, I mean, it's it's a genre that is so easy to get stale and unless you're willing to be playful and creative and experimental and bring in new 
ideas and, and new influences into your sound, you're, you're going to sound old, you know? Especially when you're a band like Avenged Sevenfold that's been doing this for at least 20 years at this point. If you don't take risks, um, you're just not going to catch the attention of people anymore. And a lot of people hate this record. You know, it was a risk. A lot of their old fans feel very alienated listening to this shit. And totally understandably, it sounds crazy. If you don't really have kind of the context of where this music's coming from, it, it sounds completely fucking batshit insane. But there is context, you know? Like, there is a precedent for this kind of thing. And um, it's just a joy to behold, really. It's so cool uh, to just hear a band do something different. Are they able to pull it off? successfully every single time with every single song no but you just have to admire the attempt and i think the album's worth a listen to and the fact that i'm saying that about an avenged sevenfold record is just baffling but congrats guys you got the highly coveted ph5 record so you can call it a day now i guess pack it in you're done so the mention for the month of june 2023 is Life is But a Dream by Avenged Sevenfold. Alright. The Dishonorable Mention. Coming in this podcast, I had kind of two... two very important things I wanted to talk about. I haven't gotten to one of the other topics yet. I will. But this is the other one. This is one of two things that I needed to talk about. So, the dishonorable mention for June 2023 is the record Off Planet by Django Django. Django Django, huh? This is a band that is honestly surprising to me that I ever kind of liked their music, now that I really think about it. Um, kind of whimsical, British, pop rock... I don't even know what else to call it, indie, is something that in no way, if you put those combination of words together, it sounds like something that would appeal to me. Yet despite that, uh, this band's first three records are still some of my favorites. I mean, they're self-titled, uh, the follow-up, Born Under Saturn, The Marble Skies. These guys were just able to craft some really fucking excellent songs that kind of transcended the genre and just were a joy to listen to. I love a lot of them. Those old Django Django records will, you know, forever be a part of my rotation uh, just because of how good the songwriting is on most of them. You know, despite the fact that the actual music itself is like almost the opposite of what I would usually listen to. That's how good some of these songs were. So, after Marble Skies, they had the, what is it, Winter's Beach EP, which my friend Sean is hilariously, you know, gatekeeps like nothing else. Says this is the best record. Funny guy. Um, and then, in 2020, they released Glowing in the Dark, which was kind of their fourth full length. And this is the first time that the sound of Django Django has started to feel a little bit tired. Um, it was, in a lot of ways, a retread of what they had already done. 
the problem is when you've already kind of made three records that use this sound, you kind of run out of ways to make good songs still in this vein. Or if you're not writing really, really fantastic songs, it's not going to be interesting because we've kind of already heard it before. So I guess, understandably, when it came to this next record, they wanted to do something vastly different. So, in a lot of ways, they are a completely new band, if you can even call them a band on this record. A lot of this sounds absolutely nothing like what Django Django was doing beforehand. Like, you can kind of see some through lines, but... You know, you get the sense that they really wanted to invent themselves in this record, and they... The whole thing kind of came out of, like, producing s sessions in the lead guy's garage. So even even the very genesis of the music itself was kind of attacked attacked in a different way. You know, instead of a instead of approaching it from a band's perspective, it kind of almost got produced as Django Django as a production team. And as a result, this is a record full of um, electronic music almost entirely electronic music based whereas before they would incorporate a lot of electronic music elements into their kind of full live band sound um this album has almost nothing that resembles a band there's nothing wrong with that okay i'm not i'm not i don't want to make this a oh bands versus electronic music elitist kind of bullshit discussion that's not what this is about okay I, I admire them taking the risk. I admire them kind of making this change, this update to their to their sound. Clearly after glowing in the dark, it was needed. But here's the problem. Um, all of these songs fucking suck. They suck. This album fucking sucks. It is garbage. It's so stupid. It's terrible. What the hell is this bullshit? Like, okay, so they uh, they thought it, I guess, would be a good idea to release it up until the full length came out in, like, EPs. There's been four EPs that have been released until this final, uh, the final full length record came out, which is, like, a combination of all the EPs, and all the EPs are supposed to be quote-unquote planets that have different sounds in them. I don't know. I, all this bullshit doesn't matter, because at the end of the day... This is, like, an extraordinarily weak collection of tracks, and there's, like, 20 of them or some shit. So not only is it their longest record by far, it's also their worst record by far. And you listen to it, and you just you have to ask yourself, like, what the hell is this? What are they doing? Why did they... At any point, did anyone say, hmm, maybe this actually isn't sounding that good. Maybe we should, uh... Maybe we should write some songs, you know? How does that sound? Maybe we should think about, huh. Does our audience want to listen to some good music? Maybe we should make some of that. Because it doesn't sound like any of that came to mind. It sounded like, let's just make some beats and kind of find a way to find random people to hop on them and... I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the hell this is. It there there is a cool record hidden in here somewhere. Like again, I have no problem with this idea of 
you know, rock band goes electronic. It's been done so many times. It's been done effectively so many times. It can be done. But they ain't doing it here, okay? This is bad. And, hold on, I need to look it up. I need to look it up because... There's one... There's one particular song, and it was from the first... The first EP they released, which... And I gotta say, thanks for doing that, because... Um... At least then I knew not to bother listening to any of the other ones. They just kind of, you know, right away warned me about how bad this whole fucking ordeal was going to be. So it's the fourth song, um, fourth song on the record. It's called Hands High, and it features this grime artist, I guess. This is maybe, maybe the worst song I've ever heard. <laughs> like, uh, it, it's astoundingly bad, and it, it's one of those songs that's so bad that when you hear it, you question everything you thought you knew about this band, you question everything you thought you knew about this band's music, and it, it, it like retroactively ruined the entire discography, because it pissed me off so much that now whenever I listen to them, I think about the fact that they made this song and it just makes me so mad like it's such a stupid fucking bad song that it's like the entire legacy of the band is gone now and check this it's the fourth song there are like 16 more songs to go and the thing is they aren't that much better than this one either okay i mean it is bad 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 and I liked these guys, you know? I really did. For a while, they were arguably one of my favorite bands. But this shit is horrible, okay? I'm disgusted. I'm shocked. And most of all, I'm disappointed. Like, pack it in. Fucking go teach painting classes in Glasgow or some shit. Because this band is done, as far as I'm concerned. After this, you can't go back. So, fuck. Fuck, this shit pisses me off. It's so bad. Okay, moving on. The Dishonorable Mention for June 2023 is Off Planet by Django Django. And this album makes me want to fucking go off planet as far away as I can to get away from this hot, steaming piece of garbage. Okay? Ah! These are the mentions. Mentions. Okay, so, <laughs> now that that's out of the way, let's move on to number two for the month of June 2023. Number two, we have Hive Mind Narcosis by Thantafaxith. That is probably my favorite band name, Thantafaxith. They are a very, very mysterious black metal band from... I think somewhere here in Toronto, actually. Um, no one knows who's in the band. Uh, they don't really do a lot of press. They don't really do a lot of anything, in fact. Uh, this is their first record in like eight years or something along those lines. Big month for first record in eight years, bands. Um, and they play this very kind of like psychedelic 
kind of like creepy black metal that um really it messes with your head in a different way that a lot of black metal does you know it's definitely a band that uh focuses on a lot of similar themes there's a lot of you know black metal bands where it's like talking about you know um christianity and religion and stuff like that but for example the cover of this band is a you know a section of a painting or called like the witch's dance or something and it's just these like kind of children witches hovering in the air doing this kind of ritualistic dance and it, it actually is a great cover for this album because the music they play is very almost ritualistic very like it feels like something is being summoned when you're listening to it um sure there's blast beats and you know tremolo guitars and whatnot but they also incorporate a lot of strange kind of electronic textures and soundscapes that really give an unsettling edge to the music and it, it, yeah it sounds like something's being summoned it sounds like you know like the music itself is some sort of incantation for some evil spirits to be rising um it focuses a lot on like really kind of weird creepy ascending and descending tones um you know how have you ever heard those like it's that like youtube video it's like the sound experiment of like the, the constantly descending tone have you ever listened to that where it's like you hear this this noise and it's like eee! but it like it it's like infinitely descending somehow um a lot of kind of like that kind of vibe with this where there's almost like sorcery involved with the sounds and like fucking with your head um and it makes for a really cool interesting listen i mean by itself it's a great black metal record as is um but the involvement of that and 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 you have songs like uh the lost wisdom of the wolves and and hungry ghosts that have this kind of weird processed voice chanting and it's just that the whole album is kind of a, a a strange unsettling unnerving dissociative experience uh and it's cool it's really 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 cool it's a it's a it's hard to be able to create such an atmosphere and such a vibe while still kind of kicking ass with the music at the same time. But that's what they managed to do. And it all kind of comes to a head with the last song, Mind of the Sun, which is going to end up being one of my favorite songs this year, I think. Um, it has my favorite riff of the year so far in it. And yeah, the way that the song kind of just builds and builds and builds and just kind of lets her rip for the last two two and a half minutes or so is really really special and um makes for a really really cool kind of climactic experience to this really bizarre strange disturbing record um yeah so it, it's a cool unique experience that i'm sure will only realistically click with maybe five percent of my listeners but hey uh 
to those 5%, you're going to love this shit. So, you know, get on it. So, coming in at number two for June 2023, we have Hive Mind Narcosis by Fantafaxith. And, uh, yeah, just look up in the description of how to spell that, okay? Because it's a made-up word. Thanks. Lastly, we have at number one, we have Life Under the Gun by Military Gun. Um, this is the other kind of big topic I wanted to talk about this month. So, there's kind of this new genre around right now, and I spend a lot of time this year particularly on the podcast talking about hardcore and the resurgence of hardcore and how it's become this really kind of rele relevant dominating force in underground music again um just like a big creative resurgence and uh yeah the hardcore scene is thriving really really well and a large part of that is because of the success of some of its pillar bands of course um now, I talked about Drain last month and how they kind of dropped the bag on their uh, sophomore. But uh, another band that I mentioned was Turnstile. Turnstile, arguably the most popular, no, not arguably, definitely the most popular hardcore band on the planet right now. Barely even hardcore at this point. And that's what I wanted to talk about. So, there's this kind of new genre that's floating around now. Is it new? Is it not new? I don't know. And it'd be tempting to call it post-hardcore, because that's kind of what it is in very practical terms. It's a genre that's been birthed from hardcore, and, and, and hardcore bands have taken it on. But post-hardcore already kind of exists. It's already a sound that has been established, um, and it's not that. This is not what that is. Um, this is something new and we kind of saw it with turnstile with glow on um we've been seeing it with fiddlehead um i think taking meds is a very underrated kind of part of this scene as well and now military gun is kind of the new benchmark for this new scene where it's basically Hardcore bands, hardcore kids, bringing in huge melodic hooks and choruses into their music, and kind of taking on alt-rock from a hardcore perspective. Now, where, uh, where Turnstile kind of turned towards almost the more funkier aspects of alt-rock, like, it's gonna sound ridiculous, but... I think Turnstile and Red Hot Chili Peppers have a lot more in common than most people would be willing to admit. And that's because that's kind of the direction they took when bringing in more melody and uh, quote-unquote mainstream sounds is they brought in a lot of that kind of funk aspect. You know, grooves and bass and stuff like that. To bewildering, bewildering, <laughs> bewildering. Bewildering success. I mean, they're huge. They're opening for Blink, and you know what? Soon enough, they'll be able to do arena tours of their own. I'm positive of it. 
Um, now, Military Gun is the project of Ian Shelton. Ian Shelton was a member of, uh, well, he was kind of the guy of Regional Justice Center, which is kind of a pretty popular power violence band that cropped up just as the pandemic hit. Um, and the pandemic kind of fucked all his plans up for that band. So he started making music on his own. Um, that kind of had a different spit on it. Um, and this music became what is now Military Gun. In their early days, they were still very much a hardcore band. Although, with a lot more kind of melody involved than, um, than what we saw in Regional Justice Center. Ian's voice is naturally kind of very melodic. Even when he's shouting and yelling and all that, there's this, there's this kind of sweet edge to it. Um, and the way that he can carry a tune is really, really special. Um, he's got this cool voice that can remain harsh and rough and gruff, but very distinctly carry a note at the exact same time. And it allows for just in my opinion, like, the perfect kind of catchiness, which is, you know, that kind of serrated edge catchy. And that is exactly what you get on their debut record, Life Under the Gun. And so this new genre, which I'm going to start calling altcore, because I don't know what else to call it. I don't think a name exists quite yet. Um, is very much in this vein. And this was a record I've been waiting for for months. I was really, really excited about it. Because when they released their single back in like February or March or whatever, Very High, which is a song I probably listened to the most this year easily, um, to me it sounded perfect. It sounded like kind of everything that I was looking for in music at that time. You know, great riffs, um, catchy vocals that still had that edge to them. Um, in a massive chorus. The song itself is less than two minutes long. It comes and it goes just like that. But it makes it so easy to repeat and replay and I've did it over and over and over and over again. And I got really, really excited for this record. And you know what happens when you usually get really, really excited for a record? It disappoints you. Do you guys remember Mastodon? <laughs> the Hushed and Grim record? Was that last year? I think it was last year. That shit, that hurt. It really hurt, because um, that was one of my favorite bands, and I was so excited for it, and the record sucked, and it actually, like, I, I felt pain. I felt actual pain. I remember putting this record on, the Friday morning that it came out, listening to it through, and about halfway through, tears forming in my eyes. Not of unhappiness, tears of joy, because I knew that this record was actually living up to what I wanted it to be. One of those rare instances where somehow, actually, the record was as good as I hoped it would be. Um, this is a record of front-to-back anthems. I mean, some songs are heavier than others, some songs have bigger hooks than others, but every single song is an anthem. Every single song has a hook. Every single song comes in and kicks your ass and gets out. Um, I'd say in terms of like track ratings, um, 
there's lots of eights, a bunch of nines, and even a few tens. Like, that's how good this record is. Um, it's consistent from front to back. The riffs sound great. The production is like that nice mix of hardcore energy with a kind of clean, pristine power pop mixing. Uh, Ian sounds fantastic with the whole thing. I mean, as a lyricist, he still has a long way to go. But again, this is kind of the this is how you know it's it's this is coming from a hardcore kind of foundation. The hardcore lyrics are never po poetry. You know, it's about you have this feeling and you just need to yell this feeling as loud as you possibly can. And that's kind of a lot of what goes on here. But Ian's also not afraid to sing. You know, he'll. He can yell and sing, he can kind of do this yell-sing thing too, where he's obviously straining his voice and he's kind of emoting as hard as he can, but there's a lot of melody at the same time. And it, it just sounds fantastic. It's such a great record, I've listened to the whole thing over and over and over again so many times, and I'm still not sick of it. I don't think I'll get sick of it for a long time. Um, I think this, this is... Maybe, no, not maybe. It's an easy album of the year contender for me. Um, and I can't wait to see it live. I know that's going to be a blast. And I think what the most exciting thing about this record is, again, this is a new benchmark in this kind of new genre that exists. Um, this album is doing wonders for this band, getting lots of hype. It's been extraordinarily well received. And what's really exciting to me is... I know that they can make an even much better record, which is crazy to think about. This album is so good, but what I hear is potential to make something spectacular. Um, and that's what really excites me about this record, about this band. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Again, I want to just enjoy this for what it is right now, but I'm telling you, um, this band could be one of the new biggest bands in the world in five years or so. So keep your eye out for them. Um, but don't even keep your... Just go listen to the fucking record. It's that good, okay? If you like... If you like energy, if you like riffs, if you like big choruses, hooks, if you like just fucking feeling alive, you gotta listen to this shit. So, coming in at number one... New benchmark of the altcore genre. New benchmark of the altcore genre. Military gun. Life under the gun. Album of the year? Hmm. We'll have to wait and see. So that does it for another episode of PH5. Uh, I thought it was going to be like a 40-minute one, but you know, when I get going, I just kind of get going. Um, a bit of kind of personal news before I leave. Uh, I have started a new band and my first song comes out next week. I'm aiming for a July 10th release. The band is called Waste of an Arc. The song is called Halfway. Uh, it's easily my most accomplished thing that I've ever made in my decade plus of making music. So please check it out. Um, I'm really happy with it, really proud of it. Uh, you know, for years I've been attempting to distill all my favorite kinds of music into one singular whole. 
and I think I finally did it. I finally achieved what I've been trying to do for so long for the first time with this song. So please go give it a listen when it comes out, of course. That's it for me. Thanks for listening as always, and I'll catch you next month. Have a good summer. Stay hydrated. Wear sunscreen. Feel me. Bye-bye.